1: Partially Examined Life Philosophy Podcast Part 1 episodes are designed to be self-contained, fully satisfying experiences in themselves. But for hardcore philosophy fans, we record for another hour or so to release behind our various paywalls to folks that pitch in to help us make this show. What you're about to hear is a preview of one of these Part 2 episodes. We hope you enjoy it. This is the Partially Examined Life, Episode 282, Part 2. We've been reading Alain Baidu's book, Conditions specifically the uh, first chapter of it, The Return of Philosophy Itself. Let's see, did we actually finish his third
2: thesis? Thesis, yes, we did. We need to get into Thesis 4. All right,
1: so what is Thesis 4? How does it actually read?
2: Every definition of philosophy must distinguish it from sophistry. All right, let's get into it. The central category of any possible philosophy is the category of truth, regardless of the name it is given. Towards the bottom of page 10, he basically starts to outline, let's just call it, the conditions for philosophy. The first is, he says, before philosophy that is in a before that is non-temporal, there are truths. It's in the text, folks, it's lowercase t. These truths are heterogeneous and occur in the real independently of philosophy. So that's one condition. This to me...
3: Seems to be him saying there's an external world, right? Or am I missing something? The non temporal. It's the real. Yeah. Yes. We could give this a Lacanian spin and say what the real is. But ultimately, he goes on to say, right, there are four registers.
1: Which is funny because we've been throughout the whole book, those are the four conditions here, at least the way that Seth just introduced it. Like, no, no. I mean, literally now we're talking about the conditions as in like the stages that set this up.
3: So four subject areas in which we can say things that we consider to be true, or these are the domains of truths, small t, mathematics, art, politics, and the amorous encounter. I like the fact that there's not love there. It's the amorous encounter, which could be, I assume doesn't have to be sex.
2: And he says, such are the pre-reflexive historical or factual conditions of philosophy. So he's precluding skepticism. Or at least skepticism about the world.
0: There exists an external world, like Wes was saying.
2: Yes, there exists an external world, and most importantly, about that external world is that he doesn't say that a world exists. What he says is that truths exist.
1: Interestingly, when he lists these four areas, these four conditions, these four registers, and other places, sometimes he says science, but then he clarifies what I really mean by that is mathematics, the math, the form of the matheme. Math and so here he just says mathematics, which doesn't imply as strongly that there exists an external you know, material world, because if mathematics is the basic way, then he, it sounds like he has a super Leibnizian rationalist take on what the external world might amount to.
3: I think science and mathematics ultimately go together for him, and you can use them interchangeably.
2: Let's not get wrapped around that axle right now. All right. So there are truths in the real. That's condition one. Condition two or or principle two. Philosophy is a construction of thinking where, counter to sophistry, it is proclaimed that there are truths. But this central proclamation presupposes a specifically philosophical category, which is that of the truth, capital T, truth. What is expressed with this category is both that there are truths and that these truths are compossible in their plurality, a plurality to which philosophy gives welcome and shelter.
1: Compossible just mean possible at the same time.
2: Yes. Yes. Not, not inconsistent. Not inconsistent. The truth simultaneously designates a plural state of things. There are heterogeneous truths and the unity of thought.
0: There are many and there are one. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. There are truths. Philosophy is the proclamation or the thinking of truths as a unity in this category of the truth, but that category of the truth is empty. It operates, but it presents nothing. Philosophy is not a production of truth, but an operation carried out on the basis of truths, one that disposes the there is of truths and their epochal compossibility. So he's putting forth the idea that Philosophical activity is to create a unity of the truths of the real under this category of truth. But that category itself is not, in other words, there's no such thing as philosophical truths.
3: It sounds a lot like an analytic philosopher saying, well, there's science with its empirical truths. And then, you know, a Wittgenstein might want to say philosophical assertions are meaningless. They're based on the misuse of you know or or drawing false conclusions from grammar right thinking that a noun every noun must have something some entity corresponding to it so an you know an analytic philosopher might come along and say well philosophy is just conceptual analysis right we don't do science per se we don't do math we're not psychologists we're not discovering these very specific truths but we can say something meta about these things or a continental philosopher might put this in terms of critique you know we're not metaphysicians but we can do critique and so that puts us always in this negative position where we're not making these positive assertions we can't come up with some specific scientific theory or or some empirical statement but if we say something like what's a good example of a philosophical statement <laughs>
1: mind is distinct
3: from body Yeah, there are two substances. Let's do that. There are two basic types of thing in the world, two substances. One is mental and one is physical. So if we make a statement like that, right, we're clearly doing something that is not subject to scientific verification and all the rest of it. So what is it we're doing? That's why I think, you know, he wants to say something like the philosophical category of truth is empty. He's giving us a variation on these other classic critiques of. What philosophy does, whether it's meaninglessness or.
1: I don't know how to make sense of a real investigation like the one you were just mentioning. Obviously, he mentions Descartes and Spinoza as his models of philosophy, but I don't see them going to the four conditions, going to mathematics, say. Maybe he would say that, yeah, actually, that's what Descartes is doing. He's somehow going to mathematics. Absolutely. That's what he would say. It's not to art, it's not to love. And the fourth one, it's not the politics. So mathematics is the only one left. Mathematics and science. And somehow, how is he grasping a truth of mathematics and transforming it through the void and the pincers or whatever he's doing with philosophy to produce the theory? What seems like a theory that you then might want to say is a positive truth. You know, you might want to dogmatically assert it and say uh, we know therefore that there's life after death all this stuff clearly he doesn't want to take us that far so how
3: here's an example like early modern science right was a big impetus to philosophy as we know it including especially theories of perception and light strangely enough right where does the primary secondary quality distinction come from once you have this idea that our perceptions of colors are reducible to the spatiotemporal right to extension and things bouncing off objects and entering our eyes. the same thing with atomism. Once you have the idea that the qualitative world is reducible to invisible atoms and things that can be quantified and described mathematically, you generate an epistemological theory out of that, right? And that's the theory that is the kind of veil of perception theory. The only thing we know is our own ideas. Our knowledge of the world is indirect and you get Kantian construction and you get contemporary structuralism is a descendant of that all that stuff emerges out of a certain type of engagement with mathematics and science which is not itself doesn't itself produce statements within those domains these are not scientific statements or mathematical statements to come up with some epistemological theory based on those things i don't know am i on point there it sounds
0: in the right direction to me
3: that this is the part where you start
0: having philosophy, talk about how mathematics or science is working and building on it rather than doing that work itself. So this is one of the things that breaking this activity into mathematics, art, politics, and the amorous encounter. I think you're clarifying, Wes, that when philosophy is doing that, it's not doing mathematics or it's not doing art. It is thinking about art or thinking about mathematics, or thinking about politics. It's not like being a politician, exactly, or learning how to be a good politician, for instance. It's the activity of thinking about how politics itself is working, and the different ways in which it works,
3: right? And maybe going as far as like forms of
0: government, or
3: that kind of thing. So as three continues, he says, in being an event, I established an essential link exists between the void and being qua being which I think we got a little bit of a better understanding of that by talking about the null set, right? Is it the null set or the empty set? There's a, there's a whole other book to read, our, our talk of set theory in the previous episode gave us a little bit of a better understanding of that. So he goes on to say that the philosophical category of truth is as such empty sheds light on the originary junction between philosophy and ontology. That is on the ambiguous dialectic between philosophy and mathematics. It is very important to see that as void, the category of truth with a capital T is not the void of being. The reason for this is that it is not a presented, but an operational void. The only void that is presented in thought is the void that the mathematicians call the null set. As we shall see, the void of truth is a simple interval by which philosophy operates on truths that are external to it. This void is therefore not ontological, but purely logical. So this sounds like a way of describing the activity of philosophy is doing something meta, right? It's not science, but it's thinking about science. And the same thing you could say about mathematics or maybe psychology, psychoanalysis. Take any domain we like where we think that we can do science per se and produce truths with a small T. Once we start thinking about the concepts that are employed in those domains and their relationships and their, their larger implications, then we're doing philosophy, but we're no longer making empirical statements. We are in our operational void, which is not to say that it's nothing or that you know it's not the void of being. It's not to say that there isn't a there there, but it's not the same thing as doing science or something like that. If that
1: sounds like the kind of thing that you want to hear more about, then please go to partiallyexaminelife.com/ slash support. Thanks for listening. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opre Ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.